Welcome to this trade deadline edition of the Powder Blue Podcast. Frank Close with Jeff Mosher here, and Phillies have a nice ten game stretch. Well, three three of the games weren't so nice. Phillies end up picking six out of ten, but starts with a sweep by the Chicago Cubs at home and ends with a four game sweep against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And Jeff Mosher, I don't care how bad the team is, a four game sweep against anybody is impressive at any time. So I kind of thought the the coach was about to turn back into a pumpkin for the Phillies coming out of the All-Star break with that sweep of the Cubs, Frank. I was really worried that they were about to just sort of melt down before our eyes, but then to come back, have a good series against the Braves, win the series, and then, yeah, sweeping any team. I don't care who it is, even if it's the Pirates, to me was a really, really big deal for the team. Um, and now they feel more un- like right back on the track. I mean, it's hard to sweep a team, any team, um, even if it's a bad one. So to take care of business the way they did, I think has gotten me thinking like, okay, that whole Cubs thing, that just happens. Um, if you look around the, the league, didn't the Yankees lose two out of three to the Reds or something like that? And, oh, it um, happens. Yeah, it happens. And that's just all it was for the Phillies, I guess, against the Cubs. A little post-All-Star break malaise. And on the road, nonetheless, that's a pretty big deal <laughs> when you can beat anybody yeah. on the road, especially a four-game sweep, something the Phillies have not done in Pittsburgh since the 60s before we were born, mm-hmm. Jeff Mosher. But, <laughs> well, I guess the big story yes. then at this point is the trade deadline. Phillies have some needs. Now, a very interesting report from Jason Stark at The Athletic on Sunday. He says the Phillies have, quote, backed off relief pursuits and are focused on getting a controllable starter and and here's another key phrase that can pitch in the playoffs so they're looking to someone who can be at least a number three in this Phillies rotation Mm -hmm. and then they have Ranger Suarez and Kyle Gibson so what would it be what would it mean for the Phillies to add a third behind Wheeler and Nola yeah, it's a good question. And at first I was sort of asking myself, why would the Phillies not be looking for another bullpen arm? Given that it still seems to be a shaky part of their team, uh, at, at times. Although it's been, I know it's statistically been really good, but there are some guys like with Familia, obviously, obviously he couldn't, you know, get the job done in blowouts and Knievel still scares you at times. But I guess, Frank, I wonder if it's the structure of the playoffs, right? Cause the way they're aligned to get that, that last or fifth or sixth wild card spot, you, you play the first round. It's a three game series. If I'm not mistaken, it's all on the road. And in a three game series, you really only would need your top three pitchers, right? Your, your, your Wheeler, your Nola, and then, um, maybe whoever you deal for would be your third starter. And then you can move Suarez and Gibson into bullpen roles or, Maybe just move one of those guys to a bullpen roll because I guess if you were to win that series and play another series, there'd probably be a day off, right? Between the end of that first series and the start of the second. So you can kind of have a four man rotation all the way through. I'm pretty sure. So that, I guess that enables them to either take one or two starters, depending on what they come up with and move them into bullpen rolls. And, and let's face it too. The bullpen has been pretty darn good. Now I- I mean, yeah, in Pittsburgh like, you know. was, you know, obviously everybody was calling for his head. Uh, I don't know that he will survive the roster if there are more acquisitions. I know at first it was, well, 
Mark Appel is, is gotta, gotta be better than him. And Mark Appel ended up needing to come up anyway because Kyle Gibson's grandmother passed away and he had to step away from the team. So, I mean, right. maybe, maybe that's why they didn't make any moves because they knew that, that this was happening because Gibson had actually been away. A lot of people don't know this, but Gibson had been away a couple days ahead of his last start. So they probably yeah. knew that they needed another arm and, you know, come in anyway. So I think it's possible the Phillies eventually cut ties, but essentially, uh, if Familia is your blowout reliever and he was signed to be a back end reliever and you're getting what you get out of Sir Anthony Dominguez and Brad Hand's still pretty good and, and by the way, Corey Knebel's looked pretty decent his last few times out too. So he has. it looks like they have the makings of something. I, I suppose. I mean, I, I think even really good teams always go out there and try to get just one more good arm at the deadline because you always want to have as many as possible. And no matter what, I think I'll always go into a playoff series kind of ner- – I mean, even Sir Anthony, as good as he's been, has never pitched in a playoff series before. So um I'll probably always be a little kind of skittish about how the bullpen's going to perform. But, you know, I'm the, that, yeah, I guess that's the good question to have about the team because you're talking about the team that made the playoffs. And after the way things started, who who expected that, right? And And really, when you consider what Dave Dombrowski has done in the past, I don't think it would be totally off the wall if the Phillies got a kind of a package like last year where – where last year they got the starter and a reliever in the same package. Uh, Dave Dombrowski, a little creative last year, uh, did ship away Spencer Howard, uh, who looks like he's finally starting to do a couple things for the Rangers uh, after all this time, after struggling mightily the end of last year and early this year. But I to give that. up, Spen- yeah, to give up Spencer Howard, they made sure they got a couple pieces back and the prospects. So I wouldn't be shocked if along with whatever starter they get also comes a reliever in the deal. Well, I would, I would hope that would be the case then, and because I'd still be more comfortable getting another arm. Um, at this point, if they're, though, I'm sort of intrigued because knowing Dombrowski, he likes the bigger name, he likes the control, so not just a one-year rental. And I'm wondering what pitcher in his mind handles that that role. I mean, I think you and I both agree it's it's not going to be a Frankie Montas. Obviously, it's not. It wasn't. We, we felt it wasn't going to be. Um, uh, the Reds pitcher who went to to Seattle. So yeah, where does where does he have his height sight set? Well, yeah, Luis Castillo, last, right? last night, last night. I don't. Then, I don't feel like Jose. I don't feel like Quintana is the needle mover that you know. That that to me is a, more of a rental, right? Because yeah, well, it, right. But if you take if you take what Jason Stark says seriously, and there's a lot of reason to think that Jason Stark knows what he's talking about. It mm-hmm. sounds like controllable player. At least a number three starter. So that, 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 that really kind of limits the ones that you are, uh, looking at here. Now, uh, Cincinnati Inquirer last night, uh, there was a little piece about Tyler Malley. Um, it, you know, it sounds like, uh, according to uh, Dave Clark of the Cincinnati Inquirer, uh, that, that Phillies could be talking big, one of their mm-hmm. top prospects. Now, I don't know who that means. I still believe that Painter and, and Abel are, are going to be off the board. Uh, might they consider an Ohapi for that? I, I think they might. Uh, but I think, I think they're going to do everything in their power to keep these, some of these big arms because you know what? It finally feels, especially now with, we're seeing some promotions in the system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have a, they have a young guy that they drafted way, way, way back in the, 
think, well, let me figure out, around 33 of, of the 2017 draft named Ben Brown, who ended up having Tommy John surgery and, uh, but he's, he's finally emerged and just got promoted to double A Reading. And, uh, well, if you ask me, this, uh, promotion of Brown is kind of saying that these, these prospects are starting to rise. You know, you have Painter and Abel at Class A Jersey Shore. You know, that you might see them in Reading by the end of the year. You know, I feel, it feels like once the, this, this, this round of prospects gets to Reading, that you finally feel like you have a, a farm system again. Right. Yeah, and I'm, I'm look how how bullish have we been on the fact that the Phillies have to figure out a way to be competitive with the payroll that they have and the stars that they've bought, but also replenish their farm system because otherwise you're going to get caught in that same trap of just buying players and buying players and being who are not you know really playing at the level of their price tag, sort of like a Didi Gregorius. Right. Or even Andrew McCutcheon, although McCutcheon was good. But the point is, you're spending a lot of money and you had not developed any talent. So you're always up against the cap. And then a couple guys get hurt and then you stink or you didn't have the pitching developed that you needed. So they they need that. And they and they also need some good, good players in case, say, like next year at the deadline, they want to make a deal because they're even better next year than this year. Now, one thing that I, I, you know, the Phillies made one small trade. Edmundo Sosa from the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, I think that might have more to do with what we uh, saw last year was that after the deadline, you can't add anybody else. There's no waiver trades, and it's really, really hard to replace players that get injured. Last year, Reese Hoskins going down really seemed to to do them in. So so Edmundo Sosa... Uh, someone I actually read that the, that the Cardinals might might look to move a few days ago just because they had a roster crunch. I don't think that was meant to be an earth-shattering move, but right. he does represent some depth. Uh, Johan Camargo struggled a little bit since his injury. You know, maybe maybe that knee isn't isn't right yet. You know, if your knees if your knee is bothering you, you're not you, Zach. Whether it's Zach Eflin or um, Didi Gregorius, you know, you're, that, mm-hmm. that's that's really hard to come back from and and hit like your old self. So. Um, gives yeah, the Phillies definitely. the luxury of throwing Camargo at AAA and, and having some depth there. Uh, and uh, it's, it's kind of a shame for Camargo, who uh, hit 308 in the yep. month of July after a really he, – he had a really tough June. So yeah, I think I think that's – this is a chance to get his feet under him or his knee under him again, I guess, as it, as it might be. Uh, okay. And But it gives the Phillies somebody in the system that, that, that can, can hang at AAA in case they need some help. Nick Maton's down there too, so they're finally starting to get back to full strength. Tomorrow should be the return of Gene Segura and yeah. then Bryce Harper Bryce Harper maybe a month away. So the 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 return of Segura is really interesting because it comes at a at a strange time. I mean it's perfect. They need him, especially offensively, but you've got Alec Bohm playing well and you've got Bryson Stott you know, I know he's inconsistent, but he certainly had some big hits uh, during the Pirates series and, and uh, against the Braves. So you're looking at Didi, and he's still trying to find himself, and you wonder if there is anything left to find at this point. So what do you do? Do you just put Segura at, you know, second base moves? Or, or do you, like, platoon Segura? You can't platoon him. you got to play him every day if he's healthy. So what, what do you think becomes a stop here? 
Well, I think whoever's playing best plays. I mean, I think it's got that's what you got to do. You're trying to win. Uh, I I I can see Stock getting a lot at at second base uh, when Segura is facing a tough righty. I know they they could probably ease him in a little bit, um, or he could play short. <laughs> I mean, he might he might deserve it maybe a little bit more than Didi. By the way, Didi is still making some nice plays. So uh, Didi has yeah, made a lot well, of nice fair. defensive plays that that I don't think he gets credit for. So. Um, no, it's true, but I mean, like you said, you're trying to win games too, and you're gonna have to have some big hits. So, and and it seems I, I don't think they're going to want to platoon Segura. I think he's got to be in the lineup every day as long as he's hitting, right? So, yeah. and, and when he comes back, he, they're gonna put him in the lineup. So, I don't know. It, it sort of feels like shortstop is now the center field or the uh, the infield version of center field, where you're gonna see a lot of different people just in there at different times. I don't know if that's great. Yeah, speaking of center field, is it really desperate for the Phillies to try to add somebody to play center field between today and, and tomorrow's deadline? I, I I don't even know if it's uh, a double uh, outraged everybody the other day with his uh, pulling up at third when he should have scored in Pittsburgh. Uh, uh, of course, I was I was at that game and you know me me watching uh, you know my attention was all on where the ball was landing in right field, so I, I totally couldn't see that play as it happened. Although I did see. Rob Thompson sort of chew out Odubel Herrera. Uh, not, not to, not, this was not, uh, Ryan Sandberg and Ken Giles much of a chew out, but, uh, clearly, uh, Thompson did not let Odubel Herrera get the dugout without being told something. Yeah, it was, it was a professional, uh, approach, I would say. Yeah, and I think it, I think that's good because it sets, sets a message to the teammates that, uh uh-uh, uh, <laughs> you're not doing, I, which also makes me wonder if, if Herrera's teammates are, are frustrated with him too. I mean, do, do you do that if it's... How could they not be at this point? I mean, it's habitual for the guy. I, mean, I don't say habitual like every day, but it's like if someone's going to make that mistake, you know it's going to be Herrera. So then my question would be, if 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 tensions are like that, do they, do they even try to address center field or should their attention should just be... Should he just deal with finding that pitcher and, and deal with center field? I think you could have multiple priorities. I mean, I think pitching obviously would be their number one priority. They've gotten by so far. As you said, they're getting, you know, they, they expect to get Harper back at some point. But if there's a center fielder out there to be had who can, you know, play for them and give them a little more stability, that's not going to cost you a whole lot. And then I, I don't have a name that jumps out at me right now. We'd have to go through all the bad teams and say, is this guy available or not? Um, but I would make that move if there was somebody available. Well, Michael A. Taylor is the only name that's really been thrown out there because he's a center fielder for the Royals. Right. And even, <laughs> by the way, center field is really, really thin. This is just league wide. There is, there are not going to be a lot of options out there. So few options that Roman Quinn is starting in center field for the Tampa Bay Rays right now. So. Right. Uh, and then down- you hear people, I'm sorry, not to interrupt, but you also hear people like kind of hoping that Charlie Blackman becomes available, and he hasn't played center field in what six years or something. Yeah, I like would. That? I would not do that. <laughs> I, 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 it's not worth it. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, hey, I mean, Matt Veerling, he's hitting a little bit. When I say a little bit, you know, it's mostly singles, but you know, his his center field is okay. Uh, and I don't know, <laughs> Mickey Moniak's a Triple A hitting the ball uh, like always yeah. seems to be the case and then not in the not in the uh, major leagues so uh I don't know my I can see Moniac moving at this deadline somebody 
like the Royals. If the Phillies do do a deal with the Royals, I would, you know, the Royals would be maybe smart to take Moniak back because they can just play him every day and not worry. And, uh, That's true. Or maybe get know, something out of him. Yeah. yeah, maybe, you know, I, it's, it almost feels like Moniak comes up. He's gotta, he's gotta produce. He doesn't, uh, I always say he's gotta produce. I mean, every major leaguer, leaguer has to produce, but specifically on the Phillies, he needs to, uh, he needs to show that he's worth playing in the major leagues, but hitting 310 at AAA with a 924 OPS. So something's ah. gotta, something's gotta happen there with Mickey Moniak because he can hit a AAA, but he can't, Hit at the major leagues, it seems, or at least not in this situation. So, so we'll see. I wouldn't yeah. be shocked if another team, well, took Moniak back as part of one of these deals. I still, in the back of my mind, think maybe it's just worth holding on to him and giving him next year as well, because it's not like the Phillies have any great long-term answers in center field. And you know, if the guy's starting to find himself at AAA, maybe it, it, he eventually finds himself. At the major league level, but if you get if you trade him, you're still in the same position of I don't have a center field for the future. Yeah, that's a very good point. Somebody somebody's got to be out there somewhere. I mean, Phillies will yeah. Phillies will have to make a trade. You know, it's not they they haven't been trying. I mean, the cupboard is the cupboard is absolutely bare. There's just there's just no one to have to be had. You know, Byron Buxton, the Phillies were really interested in him, but the Twins, of course, held on to them, and they're a playoff contender this year. With him, right. so you know, right. the, you know, just because you like somebody on another team, <laughs> doesn't mean you're, you have any shot of getting them. Sometimes, right? So I like That's Mike true. Trout will never be a Philly. <laughs> I know, I know, it's crazy. And some yeah. of the teams you thought that might not be great are are doing a little bit better, so they may want to hold on to some guys. Absolutely, absolutely. So one of the good things, Jeff, is that after this trade deadline, on paper, now that's the key word, on paper. The Phillies schedule looks very, very manageable in the month of August. Now they're going to start with two, two against Atlanta. Now the shame of it is that the Phillies won't have Kyle Gibson to start on Tuesday because of the loss of his grandmother and having to be with his family. But so they'll have a bullpen game on Tuesday. Wednesday, uh, Zach Wheeler at a 12-20 start in Atlanta. But then once you get past that, the Phillies will have a couple series against the Mets, right? So, uh, that's three against the Mets in New York. And then three at home. But besides that, all right, let me run down the rest of the game. So they have eight games against uh, NLE's teams that are tough. Four against the Nationals. Three against the Marlins. Three against the Reds. Then four against the Reds. Three against the Pirates. Three against the Diamondbacks. How can the Phillies do this August? Oh man, Frank, it almost feels like they got to play. They got to win seven every every ten games. <laughs> they have to go seven to three every 10 games because that's how easy the schedule should be. Now, it doesn't always work out that way, but uh, if you're one of those teams, like, you look at the Mets. I kind of thought that they would fold, especially after Scherzer and DeGrom were out for so long and they're going to get DeGrom back, but they didn't. They took care of business by beating some really, you know, when they played the bad teams, they beat them. And then they went and beat the Yankees, which was impressive on their part. But I think they just played the Marlins and gave Pablo Lopez, uh, not Pablo Lopez, uh, either him or Alcantara. They, they beat up one of those guys. So they've done that, and that's why they've been able to maintain their lead in first place, even though they had a few little valleys there. So the Phillies have to do the same thing. You play the Reds, you know, just like you did with the Pirates. You play some really bad teams. You have to win three or four against these teams, or two or three. And and it really does. If you start putting it together, it it, it becomes like seven out of ten. 
And by the way, I, I missed the game because the Phillies had to make up a game from May in the against the Mets too. So that's seven against the Mets this month, two against the Braves, but the rest are all teams with losing records. Now, it, of course, if the Nationals trade off some pieces, the Phillies could get them for four starting Thursday without Josh Bell, for example. Uh, mm-hmm. but maybe without Juan Soto. I mean, I'm, I, I'm skeptical they're going to find a match for trading Juan Soto just because you need an astronomical return and there's right. no guarantee that the team that acquires him is going to have him long term. So, um, but yeah, you could have a, you could have depleted teams. Uh, Marlins might trade one of their young starters like a Pablo Lopez just because they've mm-hmm. got so many. Um, the Reds, of course, already down Castillo. The Reds right. are going to be maybe trading Tyler Malley, maybe to right. the Phillies, uh, and you know, <laughs> other pieces on their roster. So, you know, the Phillies might be facing some really depleted teams this month. And, and you're right. They absolutely have to take advantage of these. And you feel a lot better about this schedule too, that the Phillies actually do get a starter that can start in the playoffs. Yeah. No doubt about that. Feel great. And then even if, well, again, you know, it's not their priority. They bring in a center fielder or just another bat. There are some games that the uh, Phillies have had to leg out, even against the Pirates, that were, were closer, too close for comfort, right? I mean, some 2 1 type games that they've had to play. It would be nice if they could just pick up a, another bat in whatever deal they make, but I don't, I don't know how realistic that is. Yeah, I think, I think, I think they don't, again, looking around the Phillies Diamond, Castellanos and Schwarber, of course, are not going to be going anywhere. And then you've got, right. then, you, then you've got Segura coming back in the infield and extra infielders, Bohm playing. Out of this world. Um, Hoskins isn't going to go anywhere now. So I mean, really, like, if you happen to be able to get a center fielder, maybe. Now, if they can, the only one that, uh, the only name that I think maybe could be the, um, the one name that you might consider grabbing. And I, I don't even know if he's, uh, the, the right guy for center field, but, uh, Nick Senzel, uh, played, uh, played a lot of center field. Uh, he was drafted in the same draft as Mickey Moniak. At first, he seemed like he was the the first one of that draft class that the quote unquote made it. I know I, I heard some that. Phillies fans saying, "Oh, they should have gotten Senzel," but uh, you know, mm-hmm. Senzel hitting two fifty one OPS six twenty eight. You know, he hasn't been overwhelming, but maybe you're you're more comfortable with 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 him in center. I don't know. Maybe maybe he can come back on a deal, but you know, again, not earth shattering by any right. means. Uh, right. if you get somebody like Senzel, but, but you know what? It, he could be packaged perhaps in a deal. And yeah. Would be something if, uh, if, you know, he was the number two pick overall, by the way, in the 2016 draft. So. Right. It'd be kind of right. funny if he came in on a deal and Moniac went that way, right? <laughs> but. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> but who but no, knows? Senzel, anyway, that. Who can play, he, Senzel has, he can play multiple positions, correct? He, he kind of came up as a third baseman and he ended up in center field. So, so right, right. So you put him in there. I don't so, see him yeah. enough to really know where exactly he is, but but in terms of who's playing center for the Reds, he's the guy. Mm-hmm. If you start trying to make some sort of package in the way that Dombrowski did last trade deadline and got everything he wanted for Texas, so um, also on the Reds, would they? Would, is there a reliever worth worth adding? Um, no, certainly they're the, obviously the Reds have a, have a, have a, have a bullpen, but I, I don't necessarily know if, uh, they've, they've, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to be knocking on Hunter Strickland's door anytime. Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. That's, 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 that's my whole point. I mean, there's, there's really nobody there that's, that's going to 
wow you. They don't have the veteran arm that's that's available right now to uh, to be part of that deal. I guess the best yeah. thing they would have in terms of a veteran arm is is, <laughs> is starter Mike Miner, who the Phillies used to be interested in, but he's also been one in seven with a six three one ERA as a starter this year. Oh, by the way, be, 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 I know you have to go because you're at Eagles training camp, but um, one name I actually heard men- mentioned as a possibility for a reliever yesterday was Matt Moore. <laughs> oh, my that, God. We'll go around, come around, huh? <laughs> right. But you know what, though? I, I, the Phillies last the year, year. They, they never really made him into a reliever, but he's one of those guys. This has happened a lot with some lefties. He's made the switch to the bullpen, has been – uh he thrown into that role, and that's his role, period. Like, he hasn't started a single game all year for the Rangers. But he's got a 1-6-6 ERA out of the bullpen. I'm not against even the, the Reds pitcher you talked about, uh, Minor. Like, if a guy just comes back in a deal as a throw-in, why not, right? I mean, maybe they stink where they are at, but if they can come here and pitch better in a better environment and circumstances, then – then it's, or at least better than where the, where they were pitching for. That that's a win. I'm, I have no issue in taking on a guy if you're able to just get. You're not giving up. He's a throw in in a deal, but he's an arm. And if he stinks, then you don't have to play him come playoff time. If he's better than you thought, that's kind of like a feather in the cap. Some teams do that. Well, this will be a very very interesting trade deadline. Phillies shopping for a starter who can start in the playoffs, according to Jason Stark. And again, Jason Stark, if he says it, it's. Got some validity to it. Lock it up. It's true. Maybe they'll get, maybe they'll get a reliever. I don't know. It sounds like it's not their main focus, but of course they can do multiple deals. And we'll see too if center field has anybody out there that can help the Phillies. But, but Jeff, we may need to check back after this trade deadline if something interesting happens. But, but for Emergency now, have a great... powder blue. I'll be ready for it. Yep. 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 And have a great Eagles training camp, by the way, everybody. Listen to Jeff on Inside the Birds. You probably know Jeff Mosher because of Inside the Birds or as Thank many you. other media activities over the years. But uh, I'm, I would I would venture that most of our listeners are also Inside the Birds listeners. So, uh, so check out Jeff, who is now in training camp season. So uh, you're keeping busy, huh? How could I not? It's Philadelphia. <laughs> We're always busy. But the cool thing is, it's not just training camp. The Phillies are in a pennant race, so or, or at least a playoff race. So we haven't had that in, in quite a while. Now, the Phillies are in it. Phillies should be active at this deadline. We'll be back, I'm sure, to talk about all the moves. But for now, this has been the Powder Blue Podcast. Frank Close, Jeff Mosher, we will catch you next time.